People who add value to others do so intentionally. I say that because to add value, leaders must give of themselves, and that really occurs by accident. John C. Maxwell. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get to yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I play Stanton Hopperfield, who at this, at this point is the uh, Lightfoot Halfling Ranger. Time to go back to Wayslaw with me, Dungeon Master Dave, Seth, Chris, George, and Rachel as we explore Leaders and Legacies, a real play 5e audio podcast tonight we're going to be joined by famed scouter justin day justin has uh, been involved in many levels of scouting i've encountered him through wood badge as well as through uh, programs like nylt which is the national youth leadership training program but uh, i'm actually getting an opportunity to work with justin this summer that's right the 2022 merit badge specialty Looking forward to seeing all the fun stuff Justin helps us uh, get into. Corin is going to listen to the sound of snoring, grab a piece of charcoal from the fire, and going to sneak over and try and draw like a charcoal mustache on Thandor. So, Thandor, you are solidly asleep. Everybody else has been up and getting breakfast. They've been chatting, you know, about their nerves. And uh, I guess let's start off with you rolling perception for us. Hold on one second. It was it was being goofy. Uh, 12. Well, uh, so, Thandor, you're not aware of anything that's going on around you. Give us a little bit of, uh, of, of kind of the wake-up process for Thandor laying in the cold mountain, anticipating going through a teleportation circle later this morning. What, you know, what does Thandor do being allowed to wake up kind of on his own schedule? Um, I, I think for the last couple of days, he's, Thandor's pretty worn out, so it's going to take him a little bit longer to wake up this morning. Normally, he'll be one of the first ones up to get some coffee, um, but he seems to hear everybody else is safe. He's had a rough couple of days, so he's just going to take his time getting up this morning. Yeah, you have just survived a big battle. Um, so describe, you know, are you curled up in a ball? How are, you know, how are, how is it that you're sleeping? <laughs> Andor is probably uh, sleeping straight on his back, and it probably looks like you can bury him in the same position he's sleeping. Okay. So, um, I guess roll me another perception check. Five. Okay. Yeah. So you continue to sleep, <laughs> um, you know, solidly and, and soundly. Nothing is really more pleasant than being asleep right now for you, know, for you. Are you dreaming about anything tonight or this morning? Nothing at all. He is in a deep sleep and just taking it as it comes. So the rest of you see Corin, um, you know, kind of hovering near Thandor. Um, you know, he has not woken him up yet. Uh, would you all like to... Uh, if, I guess you get the party started as you were with, um, you know, I, I know you're all kind of waiting on Thandor. Um, what, what would you like to do as a party? And uh, uh, for some reason, Fezzik, at least seems like you have <laughs> thoughts. Wait, what? Thoughts? I was just talking about a handlebar mustache. <laughs> so, you know, you're not going to do anything about Corrin not waking Thandor up? <laughs> um... So, somebody catch me up. What has happened? Thandor just woke up? Yeah, part of the reason Thandor's asleep is everybody else was kind of awake because of you know, being on shifts and, and, and different things. And, of course, Stanton usually gets up early to, to whip up some breakfast. And, you know, Corin, you know, it's, it's just, you know, very active in the morning. So, um, yeah, uh, you were, last we left, you were closely watching what, you know, Corin was doing when you sent him over to wake up uh, uh, Thandor. Oh, yeah, I have nothing to say about what Corin is doing. <laughs> okay, so Corin, you're being left alone. Um, you have succeeded. <laughs> Maybe a better uh, word is Corin's being left unsupervised. <laughs> well, no, no, he's totally being supervised. <laughs> I am watching him. <laughs> so, yeah, Corin, yeah, what would you like to do next now that you, you're, you know, you're in the vicinity of Thandor? 
I'm going to dispose of any evidence, and then I am going to uh, kind of step back and nudge Thandor with my foot. Time to wake up, buddy. Thank you. How long have I been asleep? No, not too long. Wonderful. Are we ready to go? Sure. Just getting breakfast ready now. All right. Let me get my stuff together. Ford kind of meanders away and quietly starts putting his gear away. So, Thandor, as you're kind of you know, trying to get ready, uh, you notice that Marcus kind of seems to be uh, wanting to talk to you. Marcus, my friend, what is going on this morning? Well, yeah, I was hoping to talk to you before we headed out and uh, maybe speak privately. I don't think anyone's around. He looks to his left and to his right, and he's like, yeah, out of earshot of everyone else. I know there are some that do not trust me as much as, as you do, and uh, would talk with you so that hopefully I can gain you know, their trust by you know, have, you know, have you and I having a trust and understanding. Let's talk over there. And Thandor points down the, over on the other side of the camp. The, yeah, the camp is on a wider open area, so you can kind of, there's a, you know, a trailhead that kind of picks up the other side of the camp that, you know, is part of a switchback um, that continues down the mountain. So you, you and uh, Marcus are there, and he, yeah, says to you, do you ever have dr- dreams of George? What do you mean? Well, yeah, if you remember, I originally started this adventure because George had sent me a dream. Uh, that uh, these idols that I did not know about were in danger, and that uh, when I went to my people, um, yeah, they said that they would secure the one we have, um, and I went out in search of these other, you know, artifacts, you know, these the wooden angels, you know, the stone angels that we found, and it was a vision sent to me by George. I believe you had George send you a vision as well. She has, yes. She has spoken to me in my dreams. Does she continue to speak to you? I have not. I did not have one last night, no. My concern is that I have not heard from George either. And my worry is that we are too late. George has been silenced. How is that possible? If George's magic and power have been drained into other places, that the George may not be able to reach into this world as much. We should, we definitely need to figure this out. I will pray tonight and today to George to see if I hear anything from her tonight when I dream. May we, may we both dream tonight. Part of what I am feeling is also nerves just about the, the journey we are about to undertake. And if you all remember, you know, last session, one of the things Phil has told you is that word has gotten to her that the space between the portal that she is going to send you through, the teleportation portal, and the Temple of Verdus um, you know, is occupied by, you know, uh, I guess, a siege force of undead and other creatures. Actually, Marcus, I can try reaching to her right now to see if we find, can find out if she's okay. Oh, please do. I'm going to cast my brand new spell, Divination. And I will ask the simple question, Jord, are we on the right path? And so the reply you get is, you are a walker upon the path. In response, I heard that we are a walker among the path. You know that has several meanings. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I will be mindful of my dreams. Good. Then, you know, may our efforts uh, be in George's service today. Understood. I as well. I will share anything that, you know, I, I think would be helpful to the group. Thank you very much, Marcus. You too. My dreams of home I will keep for myself. Well, I'm going to go freshen up, maybe wash my face. Have yourself a great morning. And I'll return to the campfire and pour myself a cup of coffee. All right. What are the rest of you doing? Savoring my coffee. <sighs> I'm finishing up the first round of breakfast burritos, and I am starting to move on to apple dumpling pancakes. Corin, what are you doing? Clean up my gear. Keeping my head down. Phyllis starts to say, I realize that I do not wish to rush you into danger, but also time is of the essence. My understanding is that when I send you through the gate, it will be very foggy and and, uh, shadowed in the lands of the orcs. 
be prepared when you go through the gate that you are ready to, to remove, hide, or do what is necessary to get from there to the temple. You know, your enemy will be all around. And with that, Phyllis you know, starts to prepare her ritual. Anything else anybody else is doing? There's not a lot I can actually do until we actually get to the other side, because anything I can think of immediately doing requires me to be in the space or in the space and the time. So I'll just get finished getting breakfast made and cleaned up and ready to go. I know I have something I can do. I'm just trying to remember what it was. So just give me a minute. So as Phyllis gets towards the end of the ritual, I will give you a few words of uh, wisdom and some advice before we finish the ritual. Thandor, if you would, I would have you offer up a prayer in a moment. Um, So be thinking about that. As much as my power is of nature itself, as is Jord, true believers are a central part of this ritual as well. But to orient you when you come through the gate, where and what you are going to see is you will have a kind of a rock cliff to your back. It will be a large circular area um, that will, of course, look like a teleportation circle, very much like the one that, that I have just created and you will be standing on in a moment. If you're facing the wall, you'll need to turn around because north is where you are going to head and about a half a mile away from there, um, directly through the trees. And it is pretty much all forest beyond the teleportation circle. Just head straight north. Look for the signs that will point you towards where the the temple is. It's very well hidden. I cannot guarantee that there will be any allies abound because enemies are everywhere, reportedly, in that area. How long is the distance again? I'm sorry? Half mile. Okay. For this very reason of the danger that the teleportation circle was not put directly into the temple, that anybody that had the ability to teleport would be forced to go to this location rather than inside the temple. All right, before we go anywhere, guys, remind me what you all fight with. Who has arrows? Who shoots? Who tends to shoot bows and arrows? I shoot. Longbow. All right. So I turn to Stanton. Stanton, may I borrow your bow for a moment? Sure. I do some hocusy pocusy stuff over it, and I hand it back. <laughs> Stanton, your bow but is now has a repeating shot. You no longer need ammunition. Ooh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Stan immediately tops her, tops her coffee cup off. <laughs> <laughs> who who fights with a sword? Dandor, no. Seth, uh, no. Seth usually fights with claws, huh? <laughs> yep, claws. Um, let's see. There's got to be something. All right, who has a who has a pouch I can borrow? How big a pouch? Mm, it doesn't have to be a huge pouch, but it should ha- it should be a decent size, maybe a little smaller in backpack size. All right, well, I go, I go into the backpack and I have a pouch that is about the size of what would be an inflated basketball with a tie off on the top. It's empty, and I hand it to you. Okay. I am going to take a moment and I'm going to replicate this and make a bag of holding. Yes. So we can shove our crap in it. (laughs) Um, Thandor, what do you fight with? My wit and this hammer. All right, may I borrow your hammer? You could have my hammer. Here it is. I I don't want to keep it. (laughs) But thank you. I appreciate it. Pokesy, pokesy. Over his hammer, I hand it back. It is now a plus one. Ooh, thank you. You're welcome. Phyllis looks to each of you in turn and says, if you are ready, please go stand inside the circle. Fezzik doesn't move. Fezzik, you seem to hesitate. Why? Do I need to state that out loud? Fezzik, are you not ready because I have not yet said my prayer? While I, while I appreciate your prayers, Thandor, it's more like where we're going that I'm having issues with. But we are together, and we have not failed as a unit yet. It's not the failing part I'm worried about. I don't think that's going to happen. It's the who's going to be there. 
it'll be Marcus's tribe that we're going to go find and they will help us out. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. But Marcus is our friend and he will let them know that we are his friends. Willis looks to you and says that, uh, yes, the, the orcs you know, have in the past done things that would not make them welcome everywhere. Marcus should prove that they are trying to change those ways. And in fact, not all have been of that ilk. Certain tribes have you know, taken it upon themselves. That is the way of the orc I have always seen. Jord has faith in you, Fezzik. I know you do not have faith in Jord, but isn't it not even more important that gods believe in you than you believe in God? And you will do the right thing and help these people because you know, that is the right thing to do. That is always what you have done. I do not hesitate to say to you that I understand where your misgivings come from, but that trust and faith even in things that we don't understand or that we don't believe in are sometimes important to getting to where we need to be to help others. Sander, I won't fight you if you pull me, but I just can't do it myself. Isaac, we are with you and we need your help. This is why they encourage Corrin to change into some animal shape and have Fezzik ride his back in. Corrin looks at uh, Fezzik and says, I'm about to go with them. I would really rather you walk with me. All right, Corin. Let's go. All right, so Corin and Fezzik move to the center of the circle. Thandor and Stanton, um, you notice that you know, Marcus is waiting for you both to move in. Um, do you want to describe where you go and stand inside the circle? I will. Thandor will stand right next to Fezzik on the other side. I stand in a circle in such a way that if I'm not facing the cliff or I'm facing a wall, I can immediately turn around and get in a. Uh, offensive defense position of longbow, so I'm just bow and hand at the ready. Marcus comes and stands next to Stanton. Phil and Viver look at you all. They seem to have fear in their eyes. Do you guys want me to talk to them, or should we release them? We should not be bringing them into this. I think you need to talk to them and let them know what we're doing and let them decide if they want to join us. It needs to be their choice. I uh, explained to them where we're going, and the choice is theirs to journey with us or to stay here and help protect the rest of the lands. Phil looks at you and, and says, you are going in a direction the opposite of where Viver and I would go. We need to see if we can rescue our people. I understand, and I would hope that we can see each other again. Where would I find you? It sounds as if our common enemy is building armies to the south. We will, of course, try to get word to you if um, we can. Um, of course, us not having, you know, as we discussed last time, a written language, um, we will find ways to get information to you. And we will do the same. Because it sounds like our paths will eventually cross again when these armies are brought to bear. Our only hope is that Viver and I can free our people and to keep them at least out of the battle on the wrong side. Go with George, Phil, and Viver. We'll see you soon. Be safe. You know, Phyllis says to you, I will protect them as long as they are in the mountains and see them at least to the edge of my territory. Know that they will be protected and watched until you know they are well on their way. And Thandor will actually leave the circle and go give Phil a hug. Phil you know, puts both of his hands around you, lifts you up and hugs you against his you know, left shoulder, um, and then sets you gently back down. Tell the the bakey one that uh, we will miss his, his his biscuit. I will let him know, and he will have more available when we get together again. We will have a large feast. All right. Well, uh, before well before we leave, and I go I go reach in my backpack and I grab <laughs> I, I grab the last six rolls that didn't get eaten at breakfast, as well as the last two breakfast burritos, and hand them over. Okay, as you're handing them over, I guess unless you uh, don't want to resist. Roll me a dexterity check. <laughs> I haven't planned on resisting, but you know, tell me what's happening. Like I squeeze to death. Um, no, you're about to get a hug. Okay, I'll. Oh, I'm. I'm a. I'm a pro hug person. So, so dexterity. While this is happening, Corin leans over to Fezzik, going, "Wait a minute! There was leftover breakfast food." You were busy doing other things. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm completely innocent. All right, uh, sixteen. I gratefully take the hug. Okay. Yep. So yeah, yeah. He's definitely able to plant one right on you, and in fact, you know, he, he picks you up a little bit as well <laughs> off the ground, and uh, 
<laughs> Which is not hard to do as a halfling, let's be fair. <laughs> Take care, Bakey One. You too. Viver, let us uh, wait until our friends go. And they begin to pass their water skin back and forth. <laughs> they kind of, yeah, it, this is almost like popcorn theater for them. Um, so <laughs> they're, they're going to watch as yeah, magic happens. Um, yeah. Phyllis says to you, Thandor, um, whenever you are ready, you may offer your prayer to George. I am ready now. Will you all join me in prayer to George? He starts lighting some candles uh, to, to continue the ritual. Goddess of nature, please allow us to follow my day's actions and make them solid. Take action on our cries. Hear us today and love us always. Help us through life struggles and grant us strength in all that we do. Guide us into life with an open mind and a fresh slate. Amen. With that, she uh, finishes the incantation she would, uh, was doing, and you know, light from the candles begins to kind of glow outwards towards you, and like a wave passing over you, the light you know, covers you, and you go from standing somewhere in the mountains to you are now in a somewhat shadowed valley somewhere further north. Tell me, did you guys all face the same direction? Orin faced whatever direction, like Fezzik pointed him. You actually are facing out. The mountain is behind you. And the woods are deathly silent, as if the entire world is waiting for something to happen. And at this point, I guess, if, what would you like to do now that you are here? It's it's dead silent around us? Yeah, you could hear literally a pin or a boomerang drop. I'm going to kneel down and reach out with tremor sense. I want to feel if anything is within, like, 60 feet of us. I'm going to exert myself. Roll, roll a, you know, a, a, a perception roll at advantage because of your... Uh, 16. 16. So you sense something trying not to move off to your left. I, I lay quietly tug on Fezzik's shoulder, and I point directly at the motion. Okay, so I do want to finish off mine also with a detect thoughts on the creature that's that I sensed. Okay. Um, they get a D, uh, uh, saving throw. They get a DC 15 wisdom save. Okay, Justin, if you would like, go ahead. <laughs> a DC 15 uh, saving throw. 12, so I failed. I, I guess you get the surface thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I would get just what they're thinking about at the moment. Okay, so yeah, Justin, uh, what what, are, um, yeah, what is your character thinking about? <laughs> Preparing for battle. Uh, fight coming, guys. I look in the direction that Corin had pointed. Okay, you see nothing. Um, I lean over to Corin. Oh, what? I I sent fight coming. So. I actually pull out the javelin of warning. Do I sense any danger? And that's a 30-foot range, right? So, um, no. There is somebody over there at about 50 feet, 60 feet, who is getting ready to pick a fight. Pick a fight with us or just pick a fight? So, Thandor hears this and sees people preparing and doesn't see any danger and goes, Who's there? This is Thandor. Oh, subtlety goes right out the window. (laughs) Fezzik pulls his longbow. An arrow. And notches it. Stanton pulls his longbow. So, Titus, you see all these people drawing their weapons and kind of looking over your general direction. Um, What would you like to do? I'm going to gallop over to them. And uh, I, I'm still invisible, correct? Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to gallop over to them. And, and uh, as I gallop, just yell out, prepare yourselves. They are coming. And with that, let's roll initiative to figure out who's going to do what. Corin's going last. 18. 17 for Fezzik. Five. Did you catch mine? It was 21. Orin got a four. You said 21? 
Correct, 21. Okay, I guess that puts you first. We're not technically in battle yet, but you know, I guess if you wanted to relay more information, you, know, you, you get to go, you go first. So what do I know is out there? Right, I've been patrolling kind of... You've been patrolling, you've seen ghouls these folks are familiar with. Um, they fought a few... You know that there's probably vampiric priests uh, that are out there that uh, are kind of the mastermind behind you know, coordinating the ghouls. There's some bigger creatures out there that you haven't quite gotten a handle on, but you know, you know your, your druid spidey sense is going off on every level, but there's a lot out here that uh, is very dangerous. You've also seen some patrols of... Um, it looks like frost giant skeletons, you know, roaming the area looking for things. But that they've kind of all been blocking passage to and from the temple, as well as to the location you're at. And you mostly got here through stealth and nice long invisibility spell. Okay, and I was expecting these guys, right? Someone had gotten word to the temple that uh, they were sending help, and that the help would actually need a little bit of assistance getting into the temple um, to help defend it. Okay. Yeah, you all had seen all these these baddies show up and had kind of shut off and hold up in, inside the temple so that you've been under siege for a while, but they haven't tried to press anything yet as if they're waiting for something or someone to change the balance. Okay. So then uh, I'm, I'm going to yell out, uh, are, you, are you the friends I've been waiting for? Who are you? I am here to guide you to the temple if you are my friend. I can't see you. I, I, yes, you cannot see me. <laughs> He's right there. Corin points right at him. He's right there. I am Thandor. What is your name? Uh, my, my name is Tidius. Isn't the old line, if someone asks if you're a friend, you say yes? How, how did you know we would be here? Um, I, I was told to expect friends to, to be arriving soon to help us defend the temple. Show yourself. Uh... Justin, one of the limitations you're aware of, of you know, somebody else casting invisibility on you, is yeah, you would actually have to attack something in order to make it drop. Okay. Is there is there like a tree or something nearby? Yeah, oh, there, there's an entire forest between you and the temple, so yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to gallop over to the to like the closest tree. And uh, with my quarter staff, I will attack the tree. Okay, roll an attack. Uh, Twenty-four to hit. Okay, yeah, you hit it and roll some damage just to so you see how much damage you do to this tree. Uh, eight bludgeoning damage on the tree. Some acorns fall down. So yeah, so yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, I guess you see this uh, person or you know, um, individual. Shall we say appear? Um, Tedious, would you like to describe what you look like for everyone and just basically give them an idea of who they are seeing? Uh, so, standing before you is a uh, seven foot tall centaur with a beautiful uh, chestnut, uh, you know, horse mane and a very strong upper body. Is it talking horse? Are the trees attacking us? No, it's the, it's the only way he could break invisibility. Yes, yes, my my friend has it correct. I was invisible, and oh, he was invisible. I immediately, I immediately undraw my bow and step over to him, because knowing his scent, he had to be invisible to sneak up on us or to save himself. There, there are many, many evil beings out there so yes the only way I could get from the temple to here was uh, stealth and invisibility knowing the centaurs are, are fake touch the fake creatures that I know and I can trust him more than anything else I see around here so uh, oh 
I'm standing. He was invisible. <laughs> Knock that off. Um, Sorry, you're out. Stand ward of the northern marches, and this is the rest of the group. We were sent to go go help defend the temple. Are we close? Are we near? Um, not too far. But uh, there, there are many ghouls and um, vampires, and I think I even saw some uh, frost giant uh, skeletons uh, between us and the entrance to the temple. It, it definitely will not be easy to get back. Then let's not stick around. And I turned to the group and said, follow him. Let's go. Okay. And as that happens, I guess, Justin, is there any last thing you'd like to do on uh, Tadius's turn? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to cast uh, Shillelagh. Okay. <laughs> Good. Happens. Everybody roll perception. 22. Same, actually. 22. 21. Game. Clueless over here with a 5. Anybody that rolled over a 15 is aware that there's a movement directly ahead to the north. Like a bolt of darkness, you see this chronic bolt come slamming through the trees and try to hit Tidious, uh, I assume a 24 does hit you? Correct. Uh, you take 17 points of necrotic damage um, from this bolt. Welcome to the game, Justin. It was great to have you on for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, disembodied voice within the trees basically saying soldiers forward and with that at the edge of the forest moving into the area but you know they don't come far enough in that they are able to attack it turn you see six ghouls kind of pop actually eight and they are undead correct they are undead that is correct and Stanton it is now your turn uh, in this case, thanks to my magic infinitely loaded weapon, draw the string back. I take aim. I'm, I'm aiming for the first for the first goal I could possibly reach. That probably be the one directly ahead. Well, that works for me. Here we go. Seventeen. Is a hit. Twelve points of damage. Anything else you want to do on your turn? Okay. Yeah, Fezzik, it is now your turn. Um, I turn. I'm assuming now that it's absolutely in front of my face. I see it. <laughs> you know, like the whole centaur thing threw poor Fezzik off. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the centaur is there. You see the ghouls coming out. There's four to the left of where yeah, the one Stanton just hit and three to the right. So I'll go for one to the right and um, I will cast Fireball. Oh. Firebolt. Sorry, Firebolt. Firebolt, okay. Yeah, roll me some, uh, roll me an attack. An 18. That is a hit. And that is 13 points of damage. Yeah. And it catches any, like, you know, anything else on, like, clothing and stuff on Correct. Anything flammable on fire. Excellent. Anything else you want to do? So, nope, that's it. You get two attacks per turn. So I can fire my longbow while at it? Yes. Alrighty then. Yep. I'm gonna do that. I will gladly do that. Twenty-three for eleven more points of damage. Wait, same one. Um, next guy over. Okay. Yeah, share the love. Okay. Yep. So yeah, you've got one on fire, one that just took substantial damage. Anything else? Nope. That's it. Marcus yells something in Orcish. Seems to contain the name of his village. Yeah, because you do hear the word Verdus. And he is going to ask Shalele on his club. He does it. So he runs up on one of the dudes that's coming up. And Be careful, don't let them surround us. And it is now Fandor's turn. By the power of Jord, I turn you away from those that are alive. And I cast uh, Turn Undead. Okay. Um, what's the range on it? Oh, are they? Yeah, I guess I should have asked it. Are they within 30 feet? Um, if you moved up, yeah, they would be. <laughs> I will move up, so I'm within 30 feet. 
What do they need to roll? They need to roll a... DC Wisdom of... Let me get back to it. Of 16. And, you know, I guess so it's, it's anything within 30 feet, right? So, right. So. Turn away for one minute or until it takes damage. What'd you say the DC was again? 16. Three failures and five successes. So the one that Marcus just attacked, it you know they 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 turn and literally start walking away. Okay, so um, yeah, the one that yeah, that Marcus was on um, turns and moves uh, away. Two of the ones that uh, have not been engaged with yet. So uh, basically, the ones between that and uh, the one standing attack um, you know are all turned and moving away anything else you want to do on your turn Sandra? yes I will also um, how close are they right now um, they're, they're, they're within 30 feet yeah which ones are the ones that are the um, the ones to the left are the ones that were turned so the, the ones you know, kind of the right and the center are the ones okay the so with one of the ones that has been damaged but wasn't turned away uh huh I will use spiritual weapon in the form, in the shape of a warhammer, and I will strike it. Sixteen. Damage is, ooh, nice one, eleven. All right, tell me how it does. Oh, it just hits it, and it just hits square in the face and it just falls over and crumples. Alright. Uh, uh, so I am going to start by casting Aura of Vitality on myself. Uh, and then I'll u- use my bonus action to go into bear form. And uh, I will step in front of um the bulk of the party being Titus, Fezzik, and um, Stanton, because I think Thandor should be right up next to me. And that's it. Titus, your turn. You, you still see, you know, you see some ghouls starting to head out um, because they've been turned. You see about five of them continuing to stay. You don't see what hit you um, doing damage. Okay, and how far are the ones that are still staying? Um, they're within 30 feet of you, especially the one that's directly in front of you. It's probably closer to 20. I will charge up. Um, I'll run up to the closest one and attack it with my quarter staff. Okay. Yep. So we'll attack. Uh, 23 to hit. That is a hit. And 13 damage. Alright, tell me how it dies. So as I, as I run up, swing the quarter staff and it catches it right under the chin and basically just cracks its neck and it falls over dead. Alright, anything else you want to do on your turn? That's it. Again, out of the trees, I assume a 26 hits you. Um, Thaddeus. Alright, so this, yeah, this dark, almost shadowed bolt slams into you doing 11 points of necrotic damage. Another bolt hits you with a critical hit, doing 28 points, because it critted on you. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, Tidius is taking heavy damage and yeah, learning that uh, not all fights are, <laughs> are equal. Who is going to attempt to move up? Yeah, I went right after Tidius. I, I used one when I was 18, right. You did, but only because the ghouls had to move within thirty feet of you, so they didn't—they didn't close the distance. They just appeared, and yeah, that's why you knew to attack them is that they had moved into range. Coming out of the yeah, they're coming out of the bushes on their turn. All right, so uh, like the one that you attacked is coming over and trying to attack you. It is going to try to hit you with its claws. Uh, Twenty-four hit. Oh yeah. It does. Uh, 17 damage because it critted on you as well. Oh, jeez. Corin, you moved out to the front, right? Yes. 
Um, does a 17 hit the bear? I believe so. Yes. I right. you take six slashing damage. Okay. Sandor, you know, another one is going to come up on you. I'm going to try to bite you. Uh, 22, but hit. Put, put an act reaction. Um, you would, yeah. Um, not an opportunity attack because it can move in. Uh, but you, yeah, because it hit you, I'd give you a reaction to, to that. But yeah, if you take six points of damage. It, you know, uh, it, that, that's a crit. <laughs> Just in case you, I'm growing crits like crazy. But only six points of damage. Yeah, what would you like your reaction to be to being? Uh... Actually, I'm on a hold. Okay, Stanton, who is going to slide up on you? Okay, no, that one turn. That one turn. That one turn. Stanton, it's now your turn. Okay, uh, is the is the ghoul I hit before still there? Or is it one of the ones that Dandor turned sent away? Maybe it's, it's destroyed it. All right, so it's dead. All right. Um, this is one of those things. That are, are, all right. Are there ghouls near me? There are. Yeah, there's one up on Corrin, which Corrin is still near you. Um, that would probably be the closest one. All right. Uh, well, all right, I think Corrin can actually handle this. But at this point, I mean, Tidia uh, sounds like he's in bad shape. So I'm going to do a third level cure wounds on him to basically help him heal. And I heal them 15 points of, 15 points of healing. Um, no, you did not. You you find that you know somehow whatever damage was done to him is resistant to healing right now. <sighs> this is one of those moments where I'm really pissed. I actually want to be able to have a bonus action, but I guess that is the end of my turn. Sorry. All right, so that was Satan's turn, Fezzik. All right, so the woods are about 60 feet away, right? For you, yeah, you haven't moved yet, so you've been attacking from a distance. So yeah, the the ghouls are about thirty feet, and then thirty feet beyond them, you know, uh, is is cover. Probably more like twenty five. So is I able to tell what direction those bolts came from? Roll perception for me. Six. No. Yep. So no. Yeah. No. You know, no sense. You, you you know that it's coming from yeah somewhere in the woods, directly ish, in front of you. All right. So what I'm going to do is I am going to move in that direction and cast fairy fire at the woods directly in front of me and hope for the best (laughs) range on that is what 60 feet and it's a 20 foot cube okay and you've moved up now yeah Um, roll me a um, performance check just to see how well you do on that it's it's a random guess 21 Okay, now with the 21, you yeah, pick this cube kind of directly in front. You kind of see uh, up against the tree just inside, you know, something lights up in there. All right, so I, about how close am I now? Light them up. How far did you move? Light them up. Well, I can all, max, I can move 25 feet, so probably like 20-ish, which will bring me around those ghouls, right? Yep. So yeah, um, you, yeah, you may want to stay where you are just to stay out of reach. Although they would be able to step up and try to attack you. So um, I am going to shoot my longbow at what I feel is up there, like what's lit up. Okay. Do you have an action left? I do. And um, I rolled. A crit? Yeah. See, you're not the only one rolling crits tonight. 26. All right. 26 let's see. Is a hit? Yes. Um, let's see. <laughs> 15 points of damage. Um, what type? Um, it's longbow, so piercing. Okay. Yep. How much did you say? 15. Alrighty. And as my bonus action, I'm going to cast... Where is it? Um, your bonus action already to cast the fairy fire. Oh, sorry. Yep, you're right. Next one. Hopefully, duck and cover. <laughs> Let's hope this guy sees it. Marcus, he's the one trying to escape. More damage to the one that was leaving. So there's now just two of them, you know, kind of rolling away. Like, you know, he's attacked this other one, but you know, he seems to have that one under control. Uh, Sandor. There is 
There's one right by Thandor, correct? Correct, yep. Yeah, we're going to use Guiding Bolts on him. Oh, 13. Uh, 13 is a hit. Oh, jeez Louise. All right, damage is 12. 12, anything else? And I do, I'm gonna use Spiritual Weapon on the same one that just bit me. Okay. So I have advantage on that. That is a 25, but let me roll just to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, crits have been being handed out like candy. Yeah, so 25, it looks like, is the roll. Okay, yeah, that's definitely a hit. And then the damage is... Nice, 12. All right, tell me how this one died. The more I I do the guiding bolt, the spiritual hammer comes, hits it straight in the chest, and knocks it back. Anything else, Thando? Nope, that's it. I am going to move up next to Thandor and hit the next ghoul over. Um, was there not a ghoul right on top of you? A what? Oh, yes, there was. Never mind. I will hit that one. Otherwise, you're drawing a, a top opportunity attack. So, my first hit is a crit. My second hit is a 20, 25. Okay, yeah, give me damage on that. Was that really a 38? I saw. No, I rolled... I, it's a multi-attack, so I bite and I claw. So I just rolled two, two d20s at the same time. Uh, OP hits before, but that would have been crazy. Yeah, so give me total damage. All right, so there's seven damage, and then uh, 10, 15 damage. So 15 plus 7 or just the 7? Yeah, 15 plus 7, so 22. That works. Right, tell me how it dies. Just uh, bite it and then knock its head off with the claws. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you uh, and then I'm, see this head go tumbling across the teleportation, the edge of the teleportation circle. Yep, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to um, try and add to d6 healing to uh, Titus. Okay, yeah, give it a try. Uh, so, seven hit points, whatever carries up. Okay, yeah, same same thing that happened uh, with George's spell. Something seems a little bit off about healing here. Because, uh, you know, Titus is not getting any of it. Although, Titus, you can feel them trying. <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. All right, so uh, Tedious, it is now your turn again. Okay, and I can see this shape um, still lit up up in the tree. Yep, yep. Yeah, and in fact, I think yeah, Rachel, does that give him yeah, advantage to hit it? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So yep, you see it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to cast um, ice knife. And it basically shoots a shard of ice up at it. That's okay. a 20 to hit. That is a hit. Alright, so first is ooh, very nice. 10. Yeah, so 10 piercing. And then the shard, after it hits it, it actually explodes. And he has to make a dex save against. You have a better than a, a, a ten. So. Okay. Um, I'm. Yeah. I'm, oh, there it is. Fifteen. Okay. Um, right, so then he takes another another nine cold damage as the uh, shard explodes. Does a 17 hit you? Gosh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, you take nine necrotic damage. Uh, what character should I think about next? <laughs> this battle isn't over, and this is 5e. <laughs> so, 
Very hard to die, die. Yeah, and of course you, I'm saying this as, as I'm <laughs> making my way towards killing a character. Uh, you, you you say that as uh, in, in the other game I play in, we got TPK'd uh, two weeks ago. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the first. Um, eh, well, you're still up, right? <laughs> I, I am, yes. All right, so this time he rolled an eight, so he does miss you <laughs> with his second yes. bolt. He uh, does miss that. Um, so, let's see. Dead, dead, dead. Uh, Corin, there's a ghoul on you, right? No, I just tore it apart. Oh, okay. Um... Oh, this must be the one that... Fezzik, is there one on you? I have no idea. I moved, so... Okay, one one, one of them's going to come up on you. An 11 does not hit, right, Fezzik? No, it does not hit. Okay. uh, So clearly healing isn't going to work, so we're going to have to kill our way out of here. So I'm going to, again bow, draw back, it automatically loads, and I'm going to aim for the next ghoul I see. Okay, yeah, so are you, uh, they're probably, yeah, just because you moved up, they're behind you at this point, so you're going to turn around and attack one? They're behind me? Yeah, because you moved, uh, yeah, Titus had moved up the, yeah. I moved, uh, Titus, fine, okay, well, fine. Wherever they are, I'm turning and killing. 21. 21 Better is be. a hit? The one on Fezzik, uh, 12 more points of damage. No, oh, excuse me. 18 points of damage. And I got Colossal Slayer damage. That's why, 18 points. Okay, yep. So uh, tell me how that one dies. A lot of rage went into that last arrow, and it just shoots through the center of the goal and keeps going. And you see there's now a hole in a tree, and the arrow just keeps going. You know, it's... It's like a bad acne cartoon. There's a giant hole in the and it just folds over. As close to rage as a little halfling can get. Yep. And, you know, do you have any other actions or you know, movements or anything like that you want to do now that the and Fezzik, you have one on you? Uh, no, I really, I mean, I don't have anything on top of me, so I'm just trying to pick off the stuff that's out there. That's really it. Fezzik, you're up next. All right, that he, Stanton just killed the one that was on me, right? Correct. Yep. All right. So I am going to cast Hail of Thorns and shoot my longbow at that guy in the trees. Okay. All right. 22 for my attack hit. And, that is a hit. and so the longbow does 11 points of damage and then. Hail of Thorns does... Hang on one second. Oh, he gets a dex throw on Hail of Thorns. 14. So just let me know if he makes it or not, I guess. Okay, 11 for the first part. Yep. And... 14 for the second. If he missed... His dex throw... Yeah, he rolled a 10. Oh, yeah. So 14 more points of damage. Okay. Piercing. Yeah, you see that hit him. He's still up. And that's all I can do. You and your hand seem to be pretty heavily damaged, but it's still engaged with him. And in fact, you all hear Marcus cry out. Um, you know, probably something not polite in Turkish. And I it's now your turn. How far away is that figure that everyone keeps hitting at in the woods? It's about 30 feet from where you are. Hi, right, Justin. How bad are you hurting right now? Uh, life is not looking real good right now. Yeah. I'm down to okay, so Thandor is going to use a bonus action, cast Misty Step, pop in right in front of him. Right. Yeah, Justin, you were hit this round by this creature. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So Thandor, you're you're, you're doing you know, trying to do healing on him. Nope, I'm gonna pop right in front of the creature. Oh, <laughs> in front of the creature. So Misty, step right in front of him. Okay. And then I am going to hit him with a. I'm going to go for a third level guiding bolt. All right. Big numbers, big numbers. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. That is a hit. Damage incoming. Seventeen. Uh, tell me how this. What clearly now that you're up close looks like a um, you know, vampire priest. He's definitely wearing robes and you know he has uh, fangs as well. You know, tell me how he died. He 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 has utter shock in from his face when a you know four foot dwarf appears right in front of him and then automatically blasts him and there isn't much left to him. So the last thing Thandor sees is the shock of just the look of shock in his eyes. And that is my turn. Thander, I loosened him up for you. Is there anybody left? One ghoul on Marcus. The other two have moved into the trees and disappeared. Um, they're going to be moving away for at least a minute. This is all we need. All right. Since that was Thandor's turn. Corin, what do you want to do? We're still in combat. Where is the nearest ghoul to me? The nearest one is oh, yeah, 30 feet over with um, uh, Marcus. Um, all right. I guess I'm going to charge that ghoul since it's the last thing on the board. First attack being the bite attack is a 19. Okay, that is a hit. And just tell me how it died. <laughs> yeah. uh, Corin just slams into it and launches it into a, the tree behind it. Um, and it's just kind of hanging there from one of the branches with the branch protruding through its chest. Let's pick up there next time. angels and instead do what's best for us so one of the things i would ask that while we're emerging from the pandemic is be kind to the people that are making the opposite decision than you are they're trying to do what's best for them and their families just like you're trying to do what's best for your family so please be patient be kind with each other and make sure that the choices you're making are the ones that are right for you and that you're not trying to make decisions for all the people. We know you're out there looking to support us, so there's many different ways in which you can support us. One of the ways is with dollars. If you join our Patreon, you actually get our early access to episodes as well as cool merch that's available nowhere else and many, many other things. So go over to patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies to find out more about that. Um, you can also help us in ways that don't involve money. You know, writing a review, making sure that you download episodes each week on your favorite podcatcher, or just by introducing us to someone else who hasn't listened before and making them a regular listener. Now all the legal bits. We are not affiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. Although we do recommend that your life will be better with them in it, so please support and participate with them. All of our music is licensed from Soundstripe.com. Additional images are licensed from Shutterstock.com. Our logo was created by Katherine Evans. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Leaders and Legacy. And make sure that you subscribe to our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. And never forget to remember... No, my friend, you cannot ride this horse. <laughs>